Hey Cones, we are back. Palooza is over and life has started. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make this happen. Let's do it. Here we go. All right, as usual, top of the show, the Instagram, uh, usual stuff on there, pictures. There's a bunch of pictures and videos and little mini tours coming out about this last cruise and these last three cruises that you don't want to miss. So follow me on Instagram. Always be booked. Also, the uh, email. You guys love the email section of the show. So why just spectate, participate? Send me an email, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, and we will read your email on the show. We haven't really encountered too many emails that we can't read on the show, and you know how we do it here. We get a little crazy, so feel free to write what you want, questions, comments, corrections, or anything goes, email me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Also, please uh, join the lounge. Join the Ultra Lounge, I should say. The Always Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. It's a group. Join us. It's growing. The community, that's where we kind of come together. That's where we kind of like interact the most. And that's where, you know, we all talk about our stories. We talk about the upcoming cruises we have. We post pictures. We answer questions from each other. You know, it happens all the time. People ask questions. I step in with the wrong answer, and someone's there to correct us. You know what I mean? Love that. That happened this last thing on the car- on this last time on the carnival uh, when we were talking about uh, you know do uh, it wasn't that I was wrong. I was wrong because I didn't read the full question. But here, neither here nor there. Uh, what else are we talking about here? Uh, you know, if you can subscribe on iTunes, it is, uh, you know, always be booked. It helps us out if you subscribe and leave a comment and review it and rate it and things like that. Most importantly, if you have a friend that likes to cruise, if you have anybody in your life, a family member who likes travel, who likes listening to podcasts, please recommend the show. Always be booked. Search it anywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes, the uh, podcast app, and we're probably in a bunch of other places that we don't know about. Podbean we're on, Podomatic we're on. I think anywhere you like to listen to your podcasts, you could probably, uh, I think we've been picked up there. So um, that's pretty much it. Oh, and the Patreon, we are closer. Uh, we had a couple of cancellations, but we had a couple more additions. So we sit right now at 36 Patreons, and that is, as you know, 14 away from us announcing the Always Be Booked first ever group cruise. So hopefully we can get that going. It slowed down. We were kind of humming humming along for a little while. I think I got a little too cocky. And I was thinking, all right, we're going to have this group cruise in a matter of days. I better start looking. But hit a little bit of a standstill. And that's all right. You know what I'm saying? Why should you donate to Patreon? Anyway, it is patreon.com slash always be booked. Well, the answer is you shouldn't if you don't want to. Uh, but if you really like the show and if you find it uh, appropriate, to support the show uh, and you want another show per week you put down five dollars and that's five dollars a month that's like a dollar twelve a week and uh you will get another show a month and you will have the feeling of satisfaction knowing that you helped out the little podcast that good and like i said reminder if you don't want to just don't do it you're not missing anything this is the show the regular show the main show the show that will always be free and I appreciate you guys. Also, the travel agency, by the way, some uh, requests are coming in. By the way, I'm seeing some. I'm seeing a lot of requests. You guys are requesting, and um, and I'm not getting a lot of responses back after I get the quotes in. That's no problem. I know no problem. I'm not. 
no pressure, no anything, whatever. But just know that if you see a better price with the cruise line, let me know. If I give you a quote that you don't like and say, like, you know, if you just go direct, it looks better, let me know. Because that has happened before. I've seen that where I've gotten a quote and then I've searched it blindly online and the blind online quote is better and then i go to call the i call directly carnival norwegian royal caribbean whoever and i let them know that and then they make an adjustment for me sometimes they have sometimes they haven't but if uh, you don't like the price i give you just let me know say hey listen i thought it would be cheaper or i've gotten it i've got a quote cheaper there may be something i could do for you there may not but we'll do our best all right let's start the show Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink back and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show Coming to you not quite live from Palm Beach County, Florida. We are back. Cruiserpalooza is in the books, as we said. Real life is starting. Excited about that. But boy, we made some memories over the past three weeks. And uh, man, that's what you love about it. You could always make more money. You know, do those memories. Take that trip. Book that trip. And you know what? Go on it. And uh, there's just things that I can close my eyes and just isolate in my mind or I could hop on Facebook or hop on my camera roll and I can just kind of be taken back to some memories over the past three weeks that honestly can't really put a price on. You know, they'll be with me forever. The couple of hundred dollars I could have made while I was out while I was out there, it, it, it goes just as fast. You could always make more money. Make sure you're making those memories. So that was the thought process. Ultimately, having said that, we do got to eat. We do have to clothe. And we do have to put a roof over our heads. So, yes, we are back, back to the grind. You heard the intro, whatever you could do. If you're into the Patreon thing, you want to do a group cruise, you want to get an extra episode, let's do it. Five bucks, patreon.com slash always be booked. Huge help. Uh, and thank you for those of you who continue to try to support in that way. Anyway, all right, let's talk about the carnival. Horizon, And I am torn because I was fully prepared to kind of write this out and kind of like, I guess, map out on paper my review of this ship. And I started doing that. And then I just started writing too much. And then I felt like I was writing too little. I tore up the piece of paper and I'm going off the cuff here. I'm going from the mind because honestly, I think... It's all kind of locked in there pretty much, and I'll go day by day, and I don't think I'll forget anything. So I want to do it. I want to speak freely off the top of the head because this was a very, very complex cruise. There were ups. There were downs. There were wins. There were losses. There were times of bliss. There were times of frustration. There was everything. 
and uh, I want to talk you through it. I want to go through each one right now. I don't want to, you know, I really got to make these podcasts short. I don't care. At the end of the day, I have to. It's just, especially if I'm going to add another one a week, I have to kind of consolidate things. But, um, you know, just not that good at it. I try to, but I'm just not that good at that. So, all right, let's start. I want to start with um, two things that had nothing to do with the cruise. They were not cruise-related. That had nothing to do with the onboard experience whatsoever. It was my on the way there and on the way off the ship. On the way there. So we're talking about how we're going to get there. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do. Are we going to take the tri-rail? Are we, am I going to take the tri-rail? Am I going to take the bright line? Am I going to okay? And Beatrix both offered to drive me to the port, which is out of the question. Not going to allow them to do that. Plus, I have a truck. Should I drive the truck? Pay the parking? Who knows? Whatever. Thought about it all. Ended up going with Kay dropping me off at the tri-rail station, which was probably just over one mile from where we live. So we do that. I got my bag. I'm not packing heavy. I just got a one one suitcase and one backpack. That's all I'm running with. And, uh, you know, at this point now, I'm like freaking traveling Wilbury over here. So I'm like an expert. I got everything kind of where it's supposed to be, uh, you know, ready to go. Efficient. You know what I mean? I want the one bag. I want it to fit under the bed. That's it. Nice and easy. So I go to the tri-rail, get on the tri-rail. We're headed southbound. Now, it's early. You know what I mean? I could never sleep the night before the cruise, so yeah, I'm a little tired. So you're on the you're on the train, trains relax me, I close my eyes a little bit. I don't fall asleep. Now the tri-rail is set up where you can't have your luggage at your seat. The compartment above the head is not big enough. And the seat, they don't let you do that. I tried to do it on the way home. They told me not to. I told them my whole story. They didn't care. They say you can't have your bag at your seat. It's a safety issue. Uh, I looked at the guy like he was a moron. I'm wondering how this could possibly be unsafe. But at the end of the day, he was armed with a gun at his waist, and I was not. So we just kind of let it go. So <clears throat> I uh, closed my eyes. So I got the – I have the the – the my backpack and my suitcase sitting on the luggage shelf in the tri-rail. I close my eyes. I just close my eyes. Very relaxed. Maybe almost about to doze off, but not quite dozing off. I hear somebody, uh, a Latin American gentleman. I think I told this story on the live though. But if you didn't see the live, not everybody saw the live. If uh, so, a Latin American gentleman was disheveled. He was running around upset screaming about where is his table of all things he had a table that he was missing he's like we're not going anywhere till i get my table meanwhile the doors are open other passengers are getting pissed off because they want the train to continue but this guy seemed to have lost the table i look up because of the action and i see my suitcase is not there can you imagine I'm like three stops into this train ride and I'm going on this trip and all, but my backpack is, and I have my toiletries and my underwear and socks in the uh, backpack. So I'm like ready to go on a cruise, which is nothing but toiletries, uh, socks and underwear. And I'm running around too. I'm like, my backpack, my bag, my suitcase is missing. So the lady's like, well, we got to go. You can file a report. I'm like, we're not going anywhere. I stood in front of the door, didn't let them close it. The passengers were getting upset at me a little bit. I didn't care. I'm not going anywhere. My, we're, we're waiting for my bag. And uh, the guy's freaking out. I'm freaking out. So then I look outside to see if I could see somebody running with a bag and see if there's any trace of it. My suitcase is sitting on the platform of the train station. 
about maybe 30 feet away from the door. So I go, that's my suitcase. So the guy goes, the, the guy who was disheveled and running around, the, you know, the Latin, the Latin guy goes, what, what, that's yours? I'm like, yeah, it's mine. So I grab it, bring it on the train, sit down, basically sit on top of it. And uh, I, I don't know what happened, but I'm just completely relieved that I have my bag. So he just leaves and he's running around the train and just kind of leaves my car. So I sit down. I'm not even interested in anything anymore. I'm just happy to have my bag. So I have my bag and I'm sitting there and I go to tell the lady at the end when we get to Miami. I was like, just I don't need know if I need to file a report or anything, but I think we should know that somebody uh, came on the train, took my bag off and uh, put it on the platform. They must have just wanted to steal it, but maybe it was too heavy. They aborted the mission or whatever. Lady was like, no, what happened was that crazy gentleman who was running around looking for his table. I think he was on something and his bag looked just like yours. So he was walking throughout the train, saw your bag, thought it was his, and then thought that there should be a table there too. So he took your bag, got off the train, thinking his table was stolen. And uh, turns out the bag that looked like mine apparently and the table were sitting in that exact identical spot a car away. So, all right, sounds good. No problem. Kick off to the trip. Now we're in Miami. The cruise is officially almost underway. Uh I'm getting Facebook messages or or alerts from the from the group on the cruise saying that there's a huge delay in boarding because there were many people that do were doing the back to back. Now what happened was the Carnival Horizon left New York and the inaugural was a two day cruise. It was just a quick little cruise. I don't know what happened. Maybe the days didn't line up perfectly because they had those Bermuda runs that were shorter. So they got to Miami. They had two days before they were going to do their first Southern Caribbean. So what do they do? They're not going to let the ship sit around. They do a two-day Bahama cruise. And many people that were on the eight-day sailing that I was on jumped on that two-day Bermuda. I'm sorry, Bahama cruise. So what happened there? You got a bunch of people who don't know that they have to get off the ship and re-go through customs. So because of that, because of the the delays, everything was pushed back. And I saw some pictures that were online about, you know, and those pictures just showed that the terminal was at capacity and there was a line developing outside and around the luggage pickup area. So I was like, hell no. I'm not going there now. And I caught the 1130, which was set to get there at 1250. So I was like, I'm not getting there. I just saw there was a Sheridan right across the street from the tri-rail. Showed up to the Sheridan with my bag, went out, found the pool, ordered a Corona, and chilled by the pool for a little while. At least an hour. Hung out. Looked like things. I started seeing things in the Facebook group. I'm on board. I'm on board. Everybody seemed like they were okay. Boom. Now it's time to call the Uber. It's about a 25 to 30 minute drive. And uh, we go from the tri-rail to the cruise terminal. And uh, holy crap, this was the most beautiful embarkation that I've ever seen. Now, maybe it was because they did some uh, overcompensating with speed. And I heard they got uh, all hands on deck and they started throwing people, you know, behind the counters and they were moving people through. So that momentum continued when the problem was rectified. So this was crazy. I did not have to. Have you guys experienced this yet? They check your passport while you're at the uh, at, at, at the terminal before you even walk in. They scan it, and you don't even go to the check-in line. You go straight to the, uh, 
the the boarding process and you're like okay they want your passport again and they want to see your picture and they take your picture and you get right on there were people at the uh, check-in station i don't know what they were doing but i didn't have to go and i'm like oh this is great now we all know i got this ultra cheap cruise and i wasn't in the upgrade there was no upgrade option i couldn't pay another 300 bucks and get a balcony no the balcony shot back up to 18 1900 bucks so that wasn't happening so i had to keep my little first floor deck one uh inside cabin which was fine but they told me okay your stateroom will be open i'm sorry your state your key card will be Uh, at your stateroom, whether, I forgot what they said, whether it was in that little mailbox compartment or whether it was going to be inside. Either way, I get down there, I got my luggage, bag, self-assist, boarding, no no card. And honestly, that's a nightmare, guys. That's a freaking nightmare. I don't mind going to guest services. I don't mind little hiccups, but this is not your average hiccup. This is now... I have to go to guest services, and let's all say it together. What's the worst time, or the worst one of the worst times you can go to guest services? Exactly when you're getting on the ship. So sure enough, there is a line that's zigzagging through the ropes and then going beyond the ropes, and it is not moving at any time soon. So I'm standing there and just standing there. Now I could have gone back. But no, I'm not doing that. I texted Stu. Stu says, we're at the pool. We're hanging out. We're already drinking. I'm like, you know you know my philosophy. The vacation does not start till after the mustard drill. So I don't want, I want to get on the ship and I want all the unpacking done. I want all the business part of it done. I want the mustard drill done. I want a mini ship tour done if I haven't been on that ship. And then we go to work with the party. Having said that, this didn't happen. So I'm online waiting and waiting. And this thing is just not moving and it's 40 minutes in 45 minutes in and i'm not even at the velvet velvet rope section yet and then what happens the nightmare of all nightmares happens they come over to us because we're already waiting there and they say ladies and gentlemen we're gonna have to close guest services you're gonna have to go to the muster drill and then you can come back are you kidding me so now i waited all that time for no freaking reason however that didn't happen because I was just very, very persistent in my um, not wanting to, to have wasted the last 45 minutes and then having to come back. So I was just like, listen, and I asked three separate people. They all told me there's nothing they could do about it. I asked another guy. I'm like, buddy, can you do me a favor, please? I've been standing here for an hour. Now they're telling me I got to get off the line and go to the mustard drill. I just want my sign and sell card. Can you please make this happen for me? He goes, no problem. And he goes, takes me up to the front, um, checks my ID, runs it off, takes two seconds, golden. Still annoying. I had to wait almost an hour online, but it is what it is. It could have been a lot worse. So that was it. So we enjoyed ourselves uh, up at the pool for a little while after I unpacked, after I did all that stuff, we hung out. And then we did steak the first night. Great idea. You get the free wine and everything like that. Plus, you get a feel for the steak. If you want to do it again, you can do it again. I think the steak on the first night is is a pretty good move. There's pluses and minuses to it. Now, uh, I'll, I'll say this. So, we go to the steakhouse. Well, first, we hung out at the deck for a little at the pool. Stu is right at the massage. I mean, at the, yeah, the, the uh, spa. And he does this thing with the spa and uh, the gym and everything. I'm like, this is day one, dude. You do like usually in the mornings <laughs> you go to the gym, but he's already at it. Like you know, between 
uh, afternoon tanning, drinking, and between that and dinner at night, he's got to get a gym in. Fine. God bless him. That's why he looks the way he looks. Good for him. So we meet back up for dinner. And, uh, you know, we're eating dinner. And uh, it was, I got to say, it got off to a weird start. Now, I'll, sta- I'll, sta- I'll stamp this and say it like I always did. It's not even close. Carnival has the best steakhouse at sea. Uh, out of any of the other steakhouses. I've tried them all. I've had them all. I was like, are they still on the top of their game? Yes. I'll say it was a little cold. If you want me to nitpick, the steak was a little, it wasn't as hot maybe as it should have been or could have been, but that gets overshadowed by the tenderness, by the flavor, by just the, the marble and the ribeye, and it was just delicious, a delicious, a delicious steak, and all the sides were good. I'm a fan of the Carnival uh, Steakhouse. However, there was an issue. Uh, we had a big round table, and we were right next to the back wall. And for whatever reason, I have no idea why they would do this, but you know, I didn't have the worst seat. And it also, it didn't really bother me as much. But a couple of people in our group, and there were eight of us, oh no, six of us, The uh, Seth and Amy did not make that. Um, there was It was a divider wall between that and the piano bar. How do you have a high-end steakhouse and then separate it with the piano bar with a with a with a, a a movable divider wall? So you're hearing this lady bang on these keys. You're hearing night one drunkenness, screaming and singing over uh, battling the jazz and classical music that was going on inside the steakhouse. Now again. Didn't bother me as much, but man, we had two people in our group that were sitting closer to the to the wall that were absolutely pissed about it. And, you know, there was really no answer. There was really no explanation. There was nothing anybody could do. But we dealt with it and dealt with it, dealt with it, and that was that. Now, the day one, I got to say, is a microcosm to the entire cruise because there was just ups and downs the whole time. Now... I'm going to do it. My normal top of the top of the whole deal disclaimer. I haven't had a bad cruise. I enjoyed the hell out of myself. Carnival. Thank you. I really, really had a good time over the course of the last eight days. That is me saying that I was on vacation. I appreciated it. I got a great deal on it. And I enjoyed it. But there were serious issues with this cruise. And I found myself, you know, I'm, I'm sometimes hard on Carnival because I just think that they have the most money, they can do the most, and they are, you know, the most powerful cruise line overall, mass market-wise. And I think they just, I, I think they underwhelm sometimes. And I said, you know what, I hadn't been on Carnival for such a long time, but Carnival has these distinct features about them that make you excited about going on a Carnival ship. And I was excited about them, and I was really, really excited about going back to Carnival. And um, what can I say? It, they, there's issues. There was issues. Now, let's start with some good. Let's start with the good. Like I just said, the steak was phenomenal. It was through the roof. And in the same spirit of that, the food in general, Carnival across the board, top to bottom, is next level 
than any of the other lines that I've been on over the last couple of couple of weeks with the food. And you know what? Again, we say Carnival, but it is by ship, a ship-by-ship situation. So, yeah, this is, you know, their newest ship at sea. So, clearly, is it still, right? Yeah, they don't have the other one out yet, do they? Uh, no, I think that's it. This is the newest one. So, so th- so you, you would expect they're not going to play around with the food. But, okay, so where are we now? We're, 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 I had my personal experience with the luggage. That was annoying. So, that had me on edge. No fault of Carnival, obviously. However, the letter before we get on the ship saying that the Skyride, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, you're not getting the Skyride. I can live with that. That's no problem. I would say it's not going to affect my cruise. But, you know, one of my, I guess, managers in the past or my bosses in the past told me, you know, look at fine dining, or not fine dining, look look at the restaurant experience, and this is from my business standpoint, not from the onboard experience, as a whole circle. And around that circle, every, let's just say, 10% of that circle, there's a dot. And the first dot is cleanliness. The first dot is friendliness. The second dot is food quality. The The fourth dot is menu uniqueness. The fifth dot is... You know, unique characteristics to the decor, uh, timeliness on the food, food checks, professionalism, all those things kind of hit. Now, you're going to miss on a couple of those things. There's no there's no question about it. But if you clobber the other, like say there's 12 dots around the circle, if you knock 10 of them out of the park, you know what? That minimizes the, gla- the, the effect of the two that you missed on. Uh, Carnival missed on a lot of shit on this cruise, man. The first thing you before you, you know, that's one of the, you got to compare the Sky Ride, although it's much more basic of an attraction, to the North Star on Royal Caribbean. And that was their signature thing. That's what they were marketing. You saw that Sky Ride. You saw when they, when the Vista was coming out and the Horizon was coming, especially the Vista, when the Vista was coming out, you saw they were meet, uh, you know, featuring the shit out of that Sky Ride. Okay, signature thing, it's not going to be there. Well, that's not the worst thing in the world. I can deal with that. You know, it's, it's it sucks because I was pumped to race Stu, and Stu, Stu thought he was going to beat me, and maybe he would, but, you know, maybe I'm just being, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fantasizing, but I think I might have been able to have it. I would have given him a good run anyway, but I was looking forward to it. Okay, there's no sky ride. I've never been on a sky ride before on a cruise, so you know what? I probably could live without it. Then the whole freaking thing where I got to waste an hour not going to the terminal because of the fact that, you know, there's a line out the door because they didn't effectively debark the ship. Annoying. Not the worst thing in the world, but I could deal with it. You know what I mean? So what? Then you show up. There's no for the the card. The key card is not where they say it's going to be. You know what I mean? Guys, please. I know. I know what it sounds like. It sounds like I'm bitching. And people, it's weird too because people get mad when you bitch. People get mad if you have a bad experience on a, on a cruise that they didn't have. I don't know. You got to look into that, people. You know what I mean? If somebody has, like, I could see if somebody looks like they're complaining about everything. Oh, they charged me $100 for gratuities. Oh, they took, oh, no. I mean, I get that. But, you know, if I'm like analyzing thing by thing and I have a, a platform to criticize, this is what I'm doing. This is kind of what I do. So, yeah, so now you're talking about before I even start the vacation, I'm walloped in the face with three freaking, you know, negatives, right? I mean, you tell me, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I want to know, am I overreacting before you even start cruising? No sky ride, 
incredibly delayed embarkation, full terminal at capacity. You can't even go there. They won't even let you in the door yet. And, uh, yeah, no key card where they say it's going to be, and i got to wait and get services for an hour. I luckily avoided the two-hour one. So that's that. And then the first night, the whole thing with the um, you know, the music. I'll, I'll give you the music thing. The music thing, come. I think that was a little bit of a who cares type of thing. A little bit of piano music computing with the uh, jazz piped into the steakhouse over a really good steak. That wasn't as much of a thing to me. That was more other people that I was with that that, that, that bothered. And that's fine because the steak was absolutely phenomenal. And that's that. What else? I'm not gonna. I don't want to know if I want to go day by day. I should. I don't know if I should. As far as just the overall, we'll do. We'll go a little day by day when I talk about the ports. But I just want to talk about the pluses and minuses. Um, another minus. Where, what are we talking about? Oh, the. I'll say this. Aside from having the great, great, great food, the buffet. The buffet was awful. I mean, the buffet. Now, you could look at this two ways because. Nobody touches Carnival when it comes to offering other free food options better. Like the the buffet, I wasn't affected by because you had the, the Cafe Iguana Cantina, I can't whatever it is, the um, guys burger joint. If you wanted to put out, put fork over some money, you can go to the seafood shack. You had the deli. The deli is delicious. You had um, the guys pig and anchor smokehouse, which you know they have two different versions of that that I didn't know about. You have the sit down version, which you have to pay for. It's a la carte. But then you also had the lunch version where they just smoke brisket. Um, you know, pulled pork, they have sausage, they have Cajun chicken, all that stuff out there with some salad and slaw, some collard greens and some mac and cheese and all that stuff out there. And that was free pretty much. I mean, most of the days that I saw, but the buffet was pathetic. The buffet, it, it was literally not as good as the buffet and not extensive of a buffet as the Norwegian sky. I could say that they use the same little trays. Remember when Carnival used to come out and they always used to have, um, uh, you know, they always used to have, you know, four or five different islands of buffet type of food and you had your choice. They had that delicious white fish that I love that was kind of fried, but not breaded fried. It was more like flour fried and it was like lemony and delicious, uh, Tons and tons of options they used to have. They would theme it out. I think they still did try to theme it out a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, there was never more than six options to eat. They doubled it up. So they had four, you know, they had, let's just say if they had four, four stations. So two sta- two structures and four stations. So if there were two structures in one section, like little island structures, they would repeat it on the same side. So they have like, let's just say rice, chicken, beef, vegetables, and whatever. And on the other side of that same station, they would have the same five or six items. And then they would have another station. And then they would repeat both of them. Both of them would have one on one side, one on the other. And then you had, you know, you have the sweets. You have the uh, salad section up against the wall. You have the fruit section. You have all that stuff. But as far as just main course type eating, they don't, they never had more than six things at once available. Again, didn't affect me because of the fact that there was so much choices to eat, whether it was guys or whatever else. But I don't know. Is that the way you do it? Do you like, you know, the, because you gave us a, a thing that puts you and separates you from another cruise line? It, I don't know. Is it cool to just take away the buffet? People were complaining about that a lot, especially in our, our group. Um, <clears throat> what else? Never, not once ever, on the Lido deck, 
was their live entertainment. Now, I know Carnival is not known for having live entertainment on the Lido deck at all, but A, they should. They should have live entertainment on the freaking Lido deck. Your Carnival Cruises, and we, this is, most people on this ship, not me, paid a, paid a premium for this cruise. There's no, there's never, there was never a band or never, never, ever any live uh, music on the Lido deck. Also, um, you know, and, and I saw even on, even on the, some of the other uh, ships, they at least have a steel drum guy out there. That would have lightened the mood. That would have made a big difference for me. Play a bunch of, you know, you know, songs that you could accompany a steel drum guy with. They actually had that on the on the uh, inaugural on on Carnival uh, when I did the one nighter for the uh, Queen Latifah uh, christening of it. There's that, and they had a steel drum guy out there playing along, and that was cool. So no live music whatsoever ever at any point on the Lido deck whatsoever. Did I mention no live music? Um, so the most the most disappointing thing to me, and I we're, we're running through the negatives right now. There are a couple of positives. Again, what do you what do you what do you want me to do? <clears throat> tell me if uh again, tell me if I'm being over the top here, and these are all just nitpicky type stuff. Also, the back pool. This was the worst, and all week long I was getting hit in the face with negative stuff. And I was kind of like sweeping it under the rug. I'm like, you know what? That's fine. But look, this is good. Uh, you know what? This sucks, but this is good. You know what? I got to trash this ship. I have to trash it on, on the air. Well, you know what? I really don't because this or that. And I was kind of going back and forth the whole week, legitimately pumped up about Carnival and pumped up about getting on this cruise and having a good quality, fun experience. But again, if if you want to call me too critical, it is what it is. But this is this is how it went down. So uh, where was I just going? So the Lido deck, no music, and then um, oh yeah, taking it back out to the aft pool. Now again, I don't want to seem like Mister Joe, unfamily friendly guy or whatever, but dude, there was no there's, there's kids back there all weekend, and that's was my. Boiling point of frustration. You guys know my my tradition. I like to do the back pull at the end of the cruise. I really really enjoy chilling back there as the sun goes down. And there were moments during the week where it was kind of quiet, despite the fact that there was kids running around. And it just so happened that on that last day, on the last sea day, sun going down, back of the pool bar back there, everything cool except about I don't know ten of ten or twelve kids in the pool. With the life preservers, loud, splashing. Again, God bless the families out there. I am not an anti-family guy. I'm not, I promise you. I I do smile around the ship when I see the cute kid, you know, getting 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 photographed for the formal night or like when, he's, when the dad throws him in the pool and he's swimming for the first time. I love all that stuff. I, I buy into it, but there should be a time where... We can get away from the kids. There should be a place on the ship. If we want some peace and quiet, we can get away from the ship. Don't tell me about Serenity. I walked around Serenity. It's a freaking morgue. You know what I mean? There's got to be something in between. There's no. First of all, there's no pool at the Serenity. Serenity's weird. It seems like a little bit of a club up there. They think it's exclusive. They think because I think they think they're up there and you know nobody else knows where it is. 
and nobody else ends up making the trip all the way up there. It's on deck like 14. 14, and you got to go all the way up there. That's where they have the salad too. So people our people in our group were going up there but pissed about it that they had to go all the way up there to get a chopped salad, which is a great idea to put on the, tri- the ship, the chopped salad, especially in a ship that was in New York for so long because New Yorkers are just so accustomed to going into those delis and getting those chopped salads made to order exactly how they want it. I don't, it's one of those New York things that I can't believe hasn't really transferred across the country yet. Yeah, people order chopped salads, but just that chopped salad station with the guy ready and waiting with the chopper in the bowl. You pick your ingredients, pick your dressing. Okay, stop. Chop it up. Put it in a freaking container and let me go back to work. Um, it's a great concept. It's a great thing. And they, would do, they were doing that on the ship. Like I said, you had to go all the way up to Serenity. Anyway, getting back to the F pool. It's a nice F pool. It's not as nice as the Splendors, but it is very, very nice. It's very, very comfortable. It's very chill back there. But again, man, they just can can we get an area? It, that changed the whole thing. When I'm trying to relax, I do have five or six drinks in me. And that was the other thing, the crew. And we'll we'll, we'll talk crew in a little while too, the crew we were with. They they didn't love the back pool. Um, they wanted a little bit more of the action. Well, the the younger kids on the uh, in our crew, Seth and Amy, they really wanted to be where the action was and where the music was. The uh, whole family kid thing didn't deter them as much. And then the rest of the uh, crew that we were with, you know, they didn't. They were fine with it. They're like, all right, we'll 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 take that lead if that's where they want to be. That's where they want to be. You know, with me, I went back and forth. You know what I mean? And we all went back and forth. They spent time at the at the F pool too, but. They wanted to be in the mix a little bit more, so I was just like back and forth. But at this particular time, and I, you know what was cool? I was meeting a lot of strangers, too, on the ship as well. I'm going to give some shout-outs at the end of this show, too. Uh, but I was back there hanging out and just kind of having some drinks. And, uh, you know, it was it was it just took away, man. It really, really did. That's one of the things that I love about cruising being at that back pool, and well, Carnival especially, being at that back pool, and that was one of the reasons I was really hyped about getting back to Carnival, and it was robbed from me. <laughs> it was it was flat out taken from me. I need to deal with it again. You know, I could, I could totally see everybody at home listening to this and saying, listen to this mother effer bitch about being on his third cruise in a month, sitting there with his drink, and because there's a couple of kids screaming, it's, it's ruined. No, it wasn't ruined, but... If you know what I'm talking about, if you know how it used to be, I, I, I've seen the other side. I've seen where they had music. I've seen where they had DJs back there, and it was all adults, and everybody was kind of just really relaxing and enjoying the the, 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 the view, the late-in-the-day breeze that you get, uh, everything, all of it. So, yeah, that's gone. You don't have that anymore with Carnival. Thanks, Carnival. It's taken away completely. <laughs> uh, what else was wrong with this ship? <laughs> The nightclub seemed to have been a point of confusion from day one. I think the original plan was to put it in the liquid lounge like they did on the uh, Sunshine and like they had been doing on the uh, uh, Dream Class ships. And I think that was showing that it wasn't working out as well. So what they did do was move it to the um, Limelight, which is also the Punchliner Comedy Club. So... uh, Let's talk punchliner in a minute, but for the structure of the nightclub, the purpose of the nightclub, since this was not a purpose-built nightclub, they don't have a bar in there. And I don't know why they didn't have a bar in there, even if when it was supposed to be just a comedy club. There's plenty of reason to have a bar in the comedy club. The Most of the other ships did. The Sunshine did. The Miracle did. Um, the Splendor did. But in this particular ship, they're like, ah, screw the bar in the nightclub. So now, 
I'm sorry, screw the bar and the comedy club, which is, eh, maybe you can get by, but then now when you're going to turn this comedy club into the uh, default nightclub, which, by the way, it's a great nightclub layout. No problems with that. The room is built very nicely and functions very, very nicely as a, as a, as a good nightclub, except they don't have a bar. So they wheeled in like this temporary cart, and there's two guys back there, and it's like you're at a wedding because uh, just, there's just a line uh, uh, that goes back you know, a couple of dozen feet of people lining up and the nightclub to try to get to this one little bar, which was was dumb. It was bad. It was that was a bad bad layout thing. So that's that. That was that was a little dumb. And then as far as the comedy club, now they, the, well, from my understanding, was the 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 punchliner comedy club is in that room. You know what I mean? The punchliner comedy club is the punchliner comedy club, and that's the room that it has. And there's a vibe to a comedy club room, an intimacy to it that you just don't get in a giant theater. And they would on there, I guess whatever they just kind of decided to and their inclination, they would just move the punchliner to the main theater. Now, I don't know. I guess that was okay, but that, I guess, helps them in a couple of ways where they don't necessarily have to have a, a main show in the main theater. They can skimp out from having to have a, a main production every night. It used to be there's a main show every night and there's comedy every night. Now, in this regard... They can just start the nightclub up early, and the main show is now in the main... I'm sorry, the comedy show is now in the main theater, and that by default becomes the main show. And then by default, we'll also take the punchliner decals and the punchliner graphics and put them in the liquid lounge, which is the main theater. So that was like a little bit of a, I don't know, half-step to me. It was like a little bit of a... I don't know. Cutting corners is the best way I could say it, to be honest with you, what I felt like. All right, so let's get to the quote-unquote deck party. Now, talking a lot of shit here about this carnival situation here, and I get it. And all of these things, most of these things, I think, probably are, in all fairness, hot-button issues towards me. There is probably a ton of people that went on this cruise and felt like there was nothing wrong with it and loved it. And those people probably were couples or they probably had families. One thing I like about cruising too is being under the stars with a little bit of energy at night in the form of some sort of a deck party. I've been to plenty of carnival deck parties where they threw one hell of a party. Norwegian does it great. You know, when they were doing just regular deck parties, they also took it up a notch when they built Spice H2O in the back. And yes, again, deck party, DJs going, dancing, high energy, under the stars. One of the reasons why I cruise. I love that stuff. So now they got what they're going to call the mega deck party. This is the night for the mega deck party. And for whatever other reason, this was on night two, the second sea day. Well, the first sea day, if you want to count first day being embarkation day. And then the first sea day, they did it. Was that the night? No, sorry. It was Curacao. So Curacao, it was the first port day, which was Curacao. They announced that there's going to be the mega deck party in the fun times. Also, right after that, they're doing the quest. 
Now, is the quest normally done on the third day of the cruise? Isn't that usually like sort of like something that bookends it or kind of like grand finales the cruise at towards the end? That's what I thought. I don't know. Doesn't necessarily make a huge difference, but at the same time, strange nonetheless. But how it did affect was, well, it didn't affect because it probably would have been lame anyway. So the deck party's going on, and that starts. So the pre-deck party's at 10 o'clock. Who knows what the pre-deck party is? I don't know. What do you do? Calisthenics? Stretch out? We're getting ready for the deck party. And then the actual deck party is at 10.30. We go to the deck party, and I'm not exaggerating. Anybody who was on this cruise who's listening to this, just tell me if, I, if I'm right. The chick, and I'm not going to lie, no offense, I'm sorry, forgot her name, um, African-American uh, young lady who was, I think, the assistant cruise director, probably very nice, probably um, talented in certain ways, uh, wasn't my cup of tea. The voice just went right freaking through me. She was on the mic, and she was what we call in the business kind of forcing it to me. Very enunciative on the microphone, over the top, screaming, yelling, you will hear me type shit. Like, you, again, not a bit. Clearly, she seemed to have a very good heart, a nice lady, but not my cup of tea when it comes to, you know, throwing the party. No, no subtlety to it. No, like, you know what, you know, see for yourself. Let's look what I'm creating here. Just pure selling it, selling it, selling it, selling it. Uh, so it was a little much for me, and she was kind of start, starting the initial run on the deck party. And then what it was, no exaggeration, was I would probably say a, a introductory, an introductory line dance class. They spent like maybe four or five minutes teaching you a dance, and then they play a song. Then somebody else on the entertainment staff gets the mic. They teach you a very simple dance, five minutes, no music, play a song. They did that about five or six times, and then maybe they played another two songs after that, and within 35 to 40 minutes of this deck party starting, quote-unquote deck party, the cruise director, Mike Packett's on the mic and says, ladies and gentlemen, so glad you came out to the deck party. Thank you for coming. Now, the most interesting and the highlight of the cruise is happening next. Right now, make your way to the Liquid Lounge for the quest. And boom, that was the end of the deck party. The one and only deck party. In all fairness, on the last um, Porte, which I think was Aruba. Was it Aruba? Oh, it wasn't Curacao. I'm sorry, this was not Curacao. First port, this was Grand Turk Night. Sorry. So I'm all over the map here a little bit, but it really doesn't matter. I'm just telling you you know, what happened at the deck party. So uh, I think out of Aruba, I think they did it 80s night. I did not go to it. I heard it was about as lame as you could be. It didn't even take on the anything re- remotely looking like a deck party. People were just kind of, they were playing 80s music. There was a couple of entertainment staff members up there uh, in 80s costumes. But other than that, everybody was kind of just chilling up there like at the tables. No energy, no nothing. Now, the crowd could have had something to do with this. Yes, definitely the crowd could have had something to do with it. And most likely it did have something to do with this. But... You know, if you're good at what you do and you know how to get things going, you know how to throw a party, you can make things happen. Like, there's no reason. Like, clear the staff. You guys want to dance up there as an entertainment staff? Dance up there. That's fun. But let the DJ go. Get the DJ on the mic. Say, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this party going. Here we go. And just start dropping music. Let me put your hands up, lead you through the thing. It's not only about a freaking line dance. It was like a dance. It was like a Zumba class 
for about six songs, maybe one or two songs, if that, for open dancing and energy and that type of thing. And then boom, everybody get off the deck and go to the go to the quest right now, right away. Oh man. So that was that was annoying. Um what else? Let's get into some good stuff. Some good stuff was uh by the way, some good stuff. Mike Pack, I guess is his name. Is he the best cruise director I've ever seen? He might be. He might be. Either way, he was very good, man. You could tell this guy has an ego off the charts, but I'll also tell you that most people who do what he does and has to do what he does, does have an ego. He fancies himself a real showrunner. He, uh, weakness, a little much the grandiose statements. Everything is the biggest thing that's ever happened. This is the most this or the, 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 the loudest this or the biggest this. He's always making these grandiose statements, like even on bark, debarking morning. <laughs> I wake up to him and I'm planning on meeting these guys for breakfast at 8 o'clock and we'll have our breakfast. No promises, but I said maybe we'll meet for breakfast on the Lido deck. You got to be out of the room by 8.30 or whatever, so let's do that. Let's have breakfast on the Lido deck. Mike Packett's on the mic. You hear him at 7 o'clock in the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, this never happens. If you want to get off the ship right now and you are self-assist, there is no line. I've never seen this happen where there's no line. You can get right off the ship and be off the ship and in your car or whatever on your way home in 30 minutes. So he would say grandiose statements like that uh, during the quest. He was, the quest is where he shines. He's a, he, he gives you a little hints. He's a little bit of a... He's a guy's guy. You know what I mean? He's a guy's guy. He's a little bit of a frumpy dude. Not frumpy, but not necessarily, you know, uh, just cut up like a Matt Mitchum and kind of smooth like that. He's definitely an English pub guy. He he alluded to the fact that he was on a football club, a rugby club, I should say. And uh, you could tell he's a guy's guy. And I kind of like that. He was kind of funny. He was very, very good on the microphone. He's He's got a lot of wit. He's He's funny. And he um he does a great quest, but he's also on the quest. He's like you could tell he's walking around. You know the quest if you've ever done the quest and how it's like a, basically a smut fest. If you've, I mean, I don't know if there's a dirtier quest under the than than there is under the the Mike Pack quest. Everybody's a little gets a little out of hand always, but uh, Mike Pack seems to encourage it extra, and it got really really weird. And uh, you know one of the things he likes and really spent a ton of time on before we even started was walking around and being very authoritative and from now on you will not speak you will not speak at my quest what did you do you just spoke at my quest 10 point very authoritative swagger driven it was it was almost obnoxious but it kind of wasn't because it was just once he got going he really knew how to throw that party he really went to the next level with the quest and he made us all repeat i i will will not you know making sure that we will not complain to guest services he's like every single time he does this show at least three people complain about it he said it's been taken away he said the quest game show has been taken away and shut down three times uh, only because people do not say anything they only say anything if they complain and he's right about that like people only say things or write into companies when they want to complain now he asked us he put out a thing can you please say how much fun you had and how you want it so that it just doesn't get taken away from him again i'm not going to repeat some of the stuff that went on on this thing but it was i mean borderline and not borderline way over the line um out of control and you know what that was refreshing to see some wacky stuff on that dance floor things got out of hand and it's almost like 
you know, he was really, really catering to the to the thing where, you know, if you if you've ever he said, if you've ever been offended by anything in your entire life, leave the room because you're going to see things, you're going to hear things. And as long as you do that, oh, man, God help the person that listens to that, his 15 minute spiel and stays for it and then goes and complains. I want that person. I want that person run over by a cruise ship. I'm sorry. That's that's just that's just out of control. But yeah, okay. So bright spot was the quest. The quest was fun, although I don't know why it was on the freaking third night of the of the trip, and I don't know um, why it was right after. It, it basically almost interrupted the only resemblance of a deck party that was even there. So, but having said that, the quest was really good. Mike Pack was really really good, and he made the cruise very very enjoyable. Um, he did a great job at the quest. He also did a great job at the uh, St. Jude rally, you know, when they were trying to get donations, you know, he did a great job with that. And yes, you could tell that's probably, he also said, I am, (laughs) he makes grandiose statements. He's like, I am the model for debarking a cruise. He said, I had the, he was dealing with the nightmare of the last cruise. I guess the people that didn't get off the ship. He's like, my debarkation is modeled around the company as the best debarkation. And people take my debarkation and use it on other ships because mine is so good. He would say these types of things. You know what? It's a little over the top, but I kind of like respect it a little bit. You know what? If that, if you're proud of it and that's what you do to see, and that's probably true because he freaking got me up. You know what I mean? When he did that whole thing, I've never seen this happen. You can walk off the ship and be on in your car in 15 minutes. I knew I was already packed. I, You know how much I hate freaking lines. So I was like, all right, get off the ship now. Boom, done. So I did. All right. What else was good about the ship? Early in the cruise, we weren't finding a lot of good staff. We weren't finding people that were our guy, our girl, people who we liked, this and that. But then we did. So we had Zorin and Zuliana at the Alchemy Bar. We had Luciana and Doris at uh, the uh, Pig and Anchor Bar. There was some real, real cool people that were helping us out. I had uh, Mirko at the Back Pool Bar. He was awesome. There was some real duds, too, on this one. I'll be honest with you. You know, I did feel like it's always 80-20. Like I say, you get some... People that are kind of like mailed it in, uh, there was a good amount of that on this ship. It was probably closer to 60, 40 um, that were 60, good, 40 that were kind of mailing it in. You know, it's just, again, you know, when you you have that circle and those dots within the circle, you know, the three or four or five dots make the other decent dots. They they bring everything down a little bit, and and that's kind of what was happening. So let's just recap, and let's just go one by one, because we're a little all over the place, and I do know that, and I do apologize. So starting with the food, food was the calling card. And one thing you do like about Carnival is that the ships just do make sense. You know where everything is going to be. You know on the two either side flanking the middle, going into the Lido restaurant, you're going to have guys, you're going to have uh, iguana, the blue iguana cantina, and you know, you get the back, you're going to have more food options, and in the middle, it's just loaded with food. So the food, again, besides the just very, very limited buffet options, was really, really good. And talk about entertainment now. And, uh, you know, I don't really have much great things to say about the entertainment either. The Playlist production stuff was okay. It is what it is. I saw a rock, uh, epic rock, a while back, and I was really impressed by that. We did uh, pop something. It was like a twenties theme, but uh, we actually made friends with 
uh, a young lady named Kristen, and she was explaining to us that the music is all from the 40s and the dancing is kind of pedestrian. There's no story to these things. You know what I mean? And you go on a Royal Caribbean ship and you just see the Olympic level of entertainers that they have and they have on their payroll, whether it's the divers, whether it's the ice skaters and, you know, the dancers and the singers that are performing, you know, original productions with a story like the the Christopher Columbus one or the, uh, you know, the, the, the one that they actually licensed, the Grease and things like that, and the stage, the moving stages and everything and just... It's not. It's not. It's not comparable. What do you want me to tell you? You want me to tell you it's comparable? It's not. It's. It's just not. Um, the roving entertainment is uh, was okay. It was nothing to go nuts about. I thought they were good. You know, like um, I'm not going to say that they were. They were. They were right. They were average for a cruise ship. You know, you had one guy who had a guitar who was playing the guitar. There was uh, a duo that was always running around the ship as a duo. And then uh, who's a, a male and a female, and then there was the piano woman. She was really, really good. You saw high level piano. It wasn't the best voice, but it was a very powerful voice. She was a very strong singer uh, when she did her kind of like I guess stop the music and kind of vocal acrobatic type stuff. She was very, very strong. the The voice itself wasn't like you know just completely. Uh, captivating still to me the standard for piano players that see is Billy Pando and I think he's going to be on Symphony of the Seas he was just amazing and then you know you also had the guy who had the charisma uh, on uh, the Splendor where we had that uh, Pocket Palooza cruise with Nick back in the uh, uh, was that 2013 I believe it was 2014 maybe but um, you know the roving entertainment was solid. Now here's what I'll say. Here's 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 good. We'll, we'll talk good again. The freaking Latin band, you know, in the Havana room, they were hot. They were really really good. There was an energy to them that was unparalleled. You know, it was cool. I I would see them throughout the ship, and they would be practicing during the day. Not even the whole band, like. There'd be a keyboard guy with a vocalist in the piano bar, and you could tell they took it really, really serious. And that was probably all in all the best room on the ship. Like when that Latin band got going at night in the Havana Lounge, it's just the only problem is there's just so many Latin people on the ship, and I'm I'm in the room and we're in the room and. <laughs> It was great. I loved watching them. And you just find yourself jealous because you don't know the words of the song. They're doing songs where there's like callbacks where the crowd is calling back and screaming with just enthusiasm. And the dances were like just like, I mean, just just really, really good. Just kind of like, uh, you know, line, like salsa dancing and uh you know, whether it's the mambo and the bochata and all that stuff, and they know how to do all that stuff. And you just sit there and, no, I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to participate, but it's almost like something that you just watch the whole thing. You don't really participate. You don't try to do anything but just sit there and admire it. Uh, but that was the best room in, in on the ship when it was when it was going. Um, so still talking uh, entertainment, roving music, entertainment, uh, you know, as far as venues for that, the Pagan Anchor, I was I was under the impression that that was going to be a really cool, whether it's rock, live, folk, country music the whole time. I thought that would be the spot for that with some, you know, it was every other night. And one night, you know, he was off. One night they were sick, whatever it was. I don't even know who was scheduled. I don't know if they were even rotating back there. But, you know, 
when the guy was back there playing the guitar, it was cool. But they never got any momentum going because you never knew when, you know, they were going to be there. Uh, really cool also was uh, in, um, they have a Oceanfront Cafe, ocean Oceanfront I believe it was. It's almost like a take on uh, on the escape class ships. and But they just didn't really pull it off. You had a bar, Ocean Plaza, I think it was. So you had a bar inside that was open sometimes. And then you had a bar outside that was never, ever, ever open. They never opened that bar. So I made a mistake in the last podcast saying that there were hot tubs out there. I think that was on the Dream Class. I assumed it was on the uh, Vista Class as well. But it's not on this particular ship. So outside, there's plenty of room. It's meant to relax. It's meant to be like a deck on deck five where, you know, you can kind of connect with the sea a little bit more. When the pig and anchor was going, it was busy out there, and that was on the the, uh, port side. But on the starboard side where it was just the bar, uh, it was really nothing ever going on. Some people out there reading books and things like that, but that's about it. But then also there was a cool room. It was like a cool multi-purpose, almost like it had the same feel of the limelight, but it was pretty much in the hallway, you know, where Carnival is very, very well known for the brick and mortar type things. You actually have to open a door to go inside. Um, and, um, you know, this this was the one venue that was kind of sort of in the hallway, sort of, uh, uh, you know, a segue into the back of the ship, and you're on the fifth floor. The fifth floor was pretty much the heart of the ship. And, uh, you know, there would always be a band or an acoustic act in there, a guitar player in there at some at any point of the day. And that they alternated that with the trivia. If there was trivia going on, it was pretty much there. So any speaking engagements, any, you know, I think they even did karaoke there once. But, um, you know, that 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 is what it was. It, it, it was, uh, you know, all in all, the music was pretty good. Like I said, just really, really big shout out to the... Um, to, to the to the to the Latin band, the DJs were pretty good. There was no uh, steel drum guy, and there was never any entertainment on the, on the Lido deck. Any no live entertainment on the Lido deck. The uh, the ship is itself, you know, there was no pocketry. There were there were uh, you know there were couples on there. There were attractive couples on there. Very very low. Key. I've never seen a ship that was you know this new. That was this low key. It was just a sleepy, sleepy ship. And, uh, you know, I will say I kind of did kind of predict it. And that's when I, you know, decided to, no pun intended, jump ship and go on another cruise. You know, you just add up the numbers. It's a extra. It's an extra day, so it's an eight-day cruise. It's on a brand-new ship, so it's a little bit of an elevated number as far as what they were expecting uh, price-wise, at least at the beginning of the cruise. And it was an exotic itinerary. Um, and it was a pretty much a maiden voyage, you know, if you don't count those two, that quick two day run. So, you know, what you get is a little more people with a little bit more cruise IQ, uh, a little bit more people with some expendable money, um, you know, and just, just the time of year, you're not talking about March or April. Uh, so for me, if you add it all up, it just wasn't going to lend itself to be the most, uh, pocket ridden cruise that there was so either way what else do we want to talk about about this ship um the venues themselves uh loved the you know a while ago dan dan on norwegian breakaway just broke it down for me like this and you know call me an idiot for not knowing this and maybe i'm you know making too much uh, uh, about something that's very very basic but it just it is basic but it made sense you you judge the ship by the hardware and the software the hardware of this ship 
was really, really good. It was built to do a good job. You know, other than a few mistakes they made with that liquid lounge and the limelight thing, that, other than that, they, they did a good job with the ship. There's a lot of good areas where the problem is is that they don't, uh, you know, they don't, they don't, I guess, populate it with events at the right time, properly promoted. They just didn't like that 80s party. That should have been a secondary deck party, and that should have been made to be the place to be. Just like the deck party itself, the mega deck party. Like, they should not have competed and, and, and piggybacked with the quest on that. They should have made that a, be a really, really cool deck party. They should have done sail away parties after every port. You know, there should have been more energy, more action. And I don't think it's necessarily Mike Pack's fault. Maybe it is. Because I really do think that he did a great job on the microphone and moving things along when he was on on his game. But maybe he just doesn't plan out a good fun times. Maybe that. Maybe that's it. I'm not sure. I definitely think it's an inherent thing that they do that should be fixed as far as having an adult pool. Uh, definitely the, the Lido deck was large. You definitely could have made a larger pool in that Lido deck. There's no question about it. And then allow the families and the kids to be in there. And then just leave the back pool for adults only. Um, what else? Uh, just some funny things that happened. It was hysterical. I went to, I stumbled into the Havana Lounge. Like I said, the crew we went with um, was was basically a, a pretty much the entire crew minus one couple of the escape and also not minusing uh, Chris and Hannah. But as far as that crew, we didn't have Russ and Amanda. But they are just sun people. You know what I mean? They love the sun. And that's pretty much where I was a little different, where I like the sun for a couple of hours a day. I just don't want to sit there from 10 o'clock to 4 in the afternoon. Kudos to them for wanting to do that. It's just not me. So I end up floating around the ship and doing my little videos and checking things out. And I'm actually dialed into what's going on with the fun times. You know, like I said, which was not a whole lot. But one day in particular, they did a, just a karaoke in the uh, Havana Lounge. And I'm back there. And it's kind of like a low-key karaoke. But there is a good 50, 60 people there. And uh, it was it was great because it was a very diverse group. It was people of all walks of life. And in the corner, and it was pretty intimate. So, you know, when I say in the corner, it's not that far away from the stage. But in the corner were these uh, four African-American ladies. They looked like they were in their late 40s, early 50s maybe. And they were kind of hysterical. They were they were providing commentary. And they were very, being very positive with people. You know, they weren't like making fun of people. But they were being funny but also being encouraging to anybody that was singing. And this one guy went up. His name was John. They called him up, John, to the stage. Now, and of course, I, I don't know if there's ever been a karaoke session where they, somebody doesn't have to do Frank Sinatra's My Way. But, uh, you know, John is about, looks like he's pushing around 70, somewhere in that 70 range. <laughs> and he goes up and starts My Way. And then you know how slow it is, especially with the uh, backing of the karaoke. There's no band here. There's no real original. So it's just like a computerized backing of, of My Way. And if you know the song, you know how slow it is and how slow it starts. And uh, I pissed myself because jo John goes up and he's kind of shy. And you could tell he's a little like hesitant to do this. But he's like, you know what? He always wanted to sing my way in front of a bunch of people, and his wife maybe encouraged him. And this is—he's going to do his thing now. So he's up there, and he just starts going into it. And now the end is near. And then he like accented the word near to where it's like he kind of was feeling himself a little bit. You could tell. And then one of the ladies in the corner 
stood up, and it was a quiet song. It wasn't like a quiet, like rock star type room. It was just this guy was just getting over being shy. He just, you know, went a little extra with his with his line. The woman stood up. She had to be about two hundred and seventy pounds, and she goes, "You put some stank on it, John." <laughs> And John didn't know how to react to that because she was being encouraging to him. She just, and I didn't know. Somebody had to tell me because I, I was repeating this story. And I said, I think she said, put some steak on it. Like, put some steak on it. Oh, no, she said, put some steak on that bitch. <laughs> That's what made it funny because she actually goes, put some steak on that bitch, John. And uh, it freaked John out. <laughs> John, John was. It was meant to be encouraging and like, yeah, do your thing. You did a good job. Like that's you know, you you, you got over your initial shyness and yeah. You, she put him right back into that hole and John was like, oh, what I do? What I? Uh, he turned like extra shade of white and he was <laughs> freaking out. And I will hear that in my mind. And I guess it was stank. Someone told me after it was it had to be stank, but in my mind I heard steak. It just heard her just scream out. Put some steak on that bitch, John, as he sang as he's singing this classic Frank Sinatra song, My Way. And yes, it is an absolute had to be there moment, but if you were there, you would have left your ass off because it was that. It was her just in this quiet setting screaming that at the stage, and then John just sinking into like and then yeah, he didn't put any more stank or steak on the song. He just got through the rest of the song and basically just kind of sat down. And then John wasn't gonna sing anymore, but everybody got a good laugh at it about it, and it was funny. And she even realized she went a little over the top, got a little excited, but it was great. It was a classic, classic moment. It was hysterical. It was in the middle of the day too, so it was like three o'clock in the afternoon on a calm sea day or whatever. So it was it was beautiful. It was hysterical. I just keep hearing put some put some stink on that bitch. It was great. So Another funny moment was uh, me and Stu were at Alchemy Bar. And when, you know, I spent a lot of time at Alchemy Bar, which, you know, we've already talked about that. I, didn't, I never usually do that, but this was a crew that, you know, this is a crew that liked to do their routine. Um, you know, love every, these are all freaking phenomenal people. When you talk about good people, these are just good people, great people to hang out with, great people to cruise with, not going to sit here and lie to anybody. They were creatures of habit. They did their same thing every day. It was almost like we discovered a few things, whether it was the back pool, whether it was the Havana lounge and we're like, you know, piano bar. They're like, oh, it's this, this and this. So we should have done, you know. I want to say, like, you know, yeah, maybe day one. And that's, again, going back to Dan Dan, he said hardware versus software. He also said another thing. He said education and then participation. You really got to, you really, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do shit. If you want to just cruise and wake up in the morning, do the gym, do the pool, and just chill, and that's your vacation, God bless you. Just do that for your vacation. But, for me, I attack a cruise a little bit more. I try to attack, you know, whether it's, you know, having a good time. Uh, I said at dinner, I try to like, you know, I try to be a little silly sometimes. And you guys know I, I want to come away with each cruise with a little bit of a story time, a little bit here and there for you guys, for just memories and this and that. We always try to kind of do things that are like a little bit kind of pushing the edge. This is a crew that does not necessarily go that route. And God bless them for that. Even Stu. Stu is like, you know. 
think I think Stu has slowed down a little bit. I think at one point he was a little bit more of a madman, but I think as Stu kind of gets, uh, and, and as as he probably should, I'm probably wrong for not coming around to that level. But it's just different strokes, and and that's all it is. But um, you know, so we were doing some things, but I I ended up rolling with them. It was typical. A typical day was wake up, uh, pool, and then wash up, get ready. Me, uh, maybe crash for an hour or, two or so, then meet at Alchemy Bar or Pig and Anchor uh, right before dinner, then dinner, and then comedy, and then, you know, give it a go after comedy, but no more, more often than not, nobody was ready to give it a go, so it was bedtime after that. Uh, and then, you know, but God bless you, you're waking up at freaking 7.30 in the morning, so I would expect that. So... Me and Stu, at one point, we were uh, running around and doing our thing, and we ended up at the, uh, you know, I think this was, they, they were watching a show, I think, and we just got sick of the show. I think it was just a bad show at one point. So we go back to the Alchemy Bar because we just established a rapport with the staff there and this and that, and we're hanging out, and uh, we're drinking, and a gentleman just comes up to us, and he goes, hey, how you doing? And Stu's like, hi, how are you? And then he looks at us, and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, hey, what's up? He goes, uh, I don't want to uh, overstep, but, uh, and he just points to both of us and he goes, uh, gay? <laughs> Stu just goes, actually, no, quite the opposite, but, you know, no problem, no offense, no no offense taken. And uh, the guy's like, oh, okay, because this is just like a, an area of the ship where a lot of gay people hang out, so I wasn't sure if you guys were gay. And uh, I didn't know that. I never got the memo that the Alchemy Bar was the gay bar. But then, yes, I did see on the fun times if they did an LGBT meetup. Very oftentimes it was at the Alchemy Bar, kind of like a little bit later later into the night. So I looked at Stu. I was like, all right, well, uh, you know, uh, more power to anybody. But this is where we're not going after 10 p.m. anymore. And he was laughing. It was funny. But uh, he told me that the guy met up with him. Or they didn't meet up with him. It's the wrong way to put it. But he saw him in the nightclub. Later on one night, and uh, actually, yeah, uh, he got a little friendly with Stu. He put his hands on Stu in a, in a, in a weird way, not in an abusive or assaultive way, but uh, a way where Stu already told him he wasn't gay, but this is in a way where you'd put your hands on somebody if you thought they were gay. And uh, Stu kind of stepped aside, and Stu, Stu's a gentleman, you know what I mean? Stu handled it very, very well. Um, yeah, I, would, I, would, I don't know. I think that was a little wrong because the guy, you know, if, you, if someone tells you they're not gay... And you, it's very, very clear that they're not they're not gay, and they've made it very clear. And I don't know if placing your hand on there in them in any you know, for lack of a better term, gay way, <laughs> is appropriate. But uh, you know, it, it did happen, and uh, you know, and I, I Stu told me that story, and I kind of was like, well, we're gonna we're not gonna really be spending any time in that area, whatever. But it is what it is. Uh, what else about the ship in general? So we talked about food, which is great. We talked about entertainment, which was kind of marginal. The staff was, eh. Um, okay, let's talk about the ports. The ports were, uh, it was a great itinerary for the most part. Now, Grand Turk is a great place to go, but our times were like 7.30 in the morning to 1.30 in the afternoon. I'm sorry, I'm just not getting loaded at that time, and honestly, this to me, there's two things to do at Grand Turk. One, either you're getting loaded at either Jackson Margaritaville, or you're diving. That's the other two. I'm, I'm, I wasn't diving. We weren't diving in the diving mood. Uh, plus, economically, I wasn't, you know, with no job and on my third cruise, I'm not paying for uh, <laughs> a snorkeling excursion. Uh, the shelf. The shelf is cool over there. You kind of look at the wall. It's like a wall dive. And... Uh, 
that all looked really, really cool. That was all. That all could have been cool. So Grand Turk could have been cool, but it was a little too early. La Romana, nothing. I did absolutely zero. These guys all took part in an excursion that I think they were underwhelmed with. They took a ferry out that you could supposedly snorkel off the ferry. Then they went to an island. I think they got drunk off rum punch. Came back. End of story. That was it. Now for the real two ports that you want to see. Curacao and Grand Turk. Uh, these guys kind of just did a bar crawl a little bit on Grand Turk and found the beach, I believe, if not mistaken. And uh, myself, I did an island tour. And I went through a bunch of caves. And we got a tour through these caves. We were actually um, in some, inside some mountain in some, like, I guess it's the same thing that the cenotes are made out of. That whole area in the Caribbean, I guess what happened was that whole thing was kind of shaped because of uh, earthquake and or an asteroid that hit that kind of moved the plates and a lot of the what was underwater rose from out from underwater and surfaced itself and that I guess created a lot of because of uh, it was so waterlogged and it had spent so much time in water that uh, the limestone kind of like was very porous and separated a lot so that created a lot of uh, uh, a climate that was very conducive for caves to kind of develop and and things like that so we were kind of walking around through the caves and there was bats and it was it was it was actually pretty freaky but the guide was really good this tour guide was hysterical because he was probably running a little bit of a scam artist because we had about 30 people in our group and there was about 30 people in another group and the 30 people in another group he's like hi i'll be your tour guide for this uh occasion and uh you know feel free to follow me and we'll get into it so he'd do a 10 minute spiel and then he'd be like feel free to look around the cave and then he would disappear and then you'd hear him echoing through the cave at another group and then he would lead them. This guy was juggling three tour groups. This guy was good. It was actually like a little bit pisses you off because you're not getting, you know, you don't have his full attention. He doesn't, you don't have his full attention, but, you know, you found yourself standing there in a hot cave at some point with bats flying around you. But, you know, you want to leave, but you can't leave because you don't know which way you're going. But this guy is supposed to lead you out, but he's, he's like, hold on, I'll be right back. And he's running around and you could hear him through the thing, given the tour you just got or the the area of the tour you just got with some other group and then he comes back and finds you brings you to another area and then goes to another group after that and gives you the same tour gives them the same tour this guy knew this guy knew this cave and he knew how to kind of give these different groups different tours and ultimately we all ended up in the lobby and we all ended up walking out at the same time and yeah we all were ready to get the hell out of there there's freaking darkness there's noises there's bats Guy says, keep your mouth closed because the bats might shit on you. I mean, it was a very, very cool experience, but yeah, I had enough. Um, and the tour, this was part of a tour. So this was like uh, Aruba's Best and Caves. Now, we got an air-conditioned bus that was very comfortable, and the woman was the tour guide. And she gave us a really kind of uh, extensive tour and good information probably up until we got to the cave. And then once we left the cave, she's like, I will give you guys a second to relax and, and quiet. And then that was it for the tour. We went over the uh, Queen Juliana Bridge, I think it that's what it's called. It's a huge bridge that goes over um, over Curacao, and it was really really nice. So it, it, everything was everything was cool. I was happy to kind of be done with it and then walk around Curacao for a little while, then get back on the ship, and then we did our usual routine for the night. Uh, Aruba was great. Like I got I took on this uh, ten best Aruba tour, and. Uh, I got to see some rock formations. Now, they have Arakak National Park, which if you heard the Aruba um, port profile, I wanted to do that. But Arakak National Park is ju- is the same kind of makeup as 
uh, I'm sorry, the, where we went to, which was the rock formations at the Natural Bridge that has collapsed uh, like 10 years or so ago. It actually, the Natural Bridge that was there forever collapsed, which makes me really, really nervous because like I'm walking around caves. Who knows when these freaking caves are going to collapse? So we're uh, walk, walking around the, the Natural Bridge and what the, where the Natural Bridge was and you could see where it collapsed and all these rock formations and, you know, there's weird little things. It's almost like, looks like... Um, kind of creepy where there's just like rocks that are bounced on top of each other and I don't know if they're glued together or they're whatever but you know you could see some pictures on on Instagram uh in the um Aruba section I did some I did just a, a five or six picture thread a uh, post on the um on the rock formations definitely check that out always be booked on Instagram and you could see one area where there's natural rocks just sitting there and then you'll just see smaller rocks kind of they seemingly glued together, standing on top of those natural rocks. And uh, our tour guide insisted, because you look at it and you're like, oh, this must be like an ancient Indian superstition or kind of like a way of communication. And our tour guide said all that, but he said the real thing is just bored people who have too much time on their hands that are gluing rocks together and putting them on top of other rocks. So who knows if that's the case. But this tour guide... Uh, no offense, unlike the one in Curacao, was very, very good. He was very, very informative the whole time. He actually gave a crap when people were talking and not listening, which I was glad for because I wanted to hear the whole thing. He took us to the California Lighthouse. He took us to Ashi Beach, Asishi Beach, whatever it's called. He took us to Palm Beach, and we went to Eagle Beach. Uh, we passed a lot of interesting things, and he told us a lot of interesting information about the island. And... Uh, I was happy to see that a lot of my port profile was dead on. So we don't necessarily even have to revisit it or make too many corrections, if any, because, you know, the information that I did get in my research checked out once I got there. Once we got back, I wanted to see the um, uh, Renaissance Hotel. I wanted to see what that looked like because that really looked cool in my description and sounded cool in my description and my research in the port profile. And luckily enough, it was right near the port, so that was cool, and I spent some time in there. And uh, that is as cool as it sounds. You walk in and you're in a lobby. I was like, let me go in there, see if there's actually a lagoon in the freaking lobby. Sure enough, there is. There's a Starbucks sitting there where the desks are and the check-in desks are, and about maybe a half a flight of stairs below that, there is a platform where you can catch the freaking bus, I mean the bus, the boat, and head right out to, uh, you know, to this uh, canal that takes you to Flamingo Island or Renaissance Island with all the flamingos. And uh, you're just chilling with the flamingos. And then upstairs, they had a really cool bar and pool with an infinity pool. And it was really, really cool overlooking the ship. That also, I did a quick little video. If you want to check that out, always be booked on Instagram as well. I found me definitely wanting to stay there. And if uh, I ever (laughs) one day flew to Aruba, I would absolutely look into staying at that Renaissance Hotel. It looked really, really cool. So Aruba was phenomenal. Trying to figure out what else there was on the ship that was of note. Uh, I found the casino to be really, really small. I didn't get it. It just seemed very, very tiny. It didn't seem like, again, carnival going, the whole family-friendly routine. Understandable, but just, again... Uh, not necessarily for me as well as much. Uh, Havana, the outside portion of the Havana area, and we all know about that. If you have a Havana cabana booked, you have full access to that all day and all night. If you do not have a Havana cabana stateroom booked, you get 
access to the Havana outdoors area, the pool deck, at starting at 7 p.m. And honestly, that's worth it. That's one of the most prime pieces of real estate on the ship. It's got an infinity-ish pool. It's got a couple of hot tubs. It's got some waiting areas where you can sit underneath the shade with your feet still in the water. Um, it's just a very relaxing place. And uh, you walk past it, uh, at least, what was it? It was um, port port side. You see the Havana Cabanas, and uh, it's kind of a cool layout. It's an interesting, innovative thing that is unique to Carnival, whereas you have sort of a balcony or what you want to call it outside space. I would most likely equate it to like a front front porch situation where you do have an area outside, but there is public area. People can walk up and down, and uh, you know, you're not definitely, you're not. You're not just connected with the ocean. You have an area where there's a little bit of a gap where people can walk. So you're not just leaning on a balcony overlooking the ocean, but you can clearly see a good view of the ocean. Um, what else? Uh, in that area, what we did was, again, the spirit of us kind of like catching on to a lot of things late in the cruise. We spent some time in the Havana uh, lounge watching some music, and then we kind of looked outside and we realized, oh, you know what? Let's... Uh, on the last night, let's check it out outside at the Havana Lounge at 7 o'clock, push dinner back a little bit. And we were, I guess, rewarded with the most beautiful sunset some of us have ever seen. It was out of control, majestic. It was really, really pretty. Uh, the the lights, I put some pictures up. The, pic- the pictures don't do it justice. They can't. And uh, people were down there in awe and just kind of s- snapping pictures. And everybody was kind of like, even the people who didn't know each other that were there, we were all kind of sharing a moment and like, this is uh, really a kind of a nice a little gesture from Mother Nature to give us as we leave this beautiful cruise ship. And it is a beautiful cruise ship. The hardware is on point. I wanted to touch on the uh, sports bar. The sports bar is really cool. It's a little placed in an awkward spot. I believe it's on deck five. Deck four or five, they're kind of in the same spot. One of the, I think it's on deck five. Uh, you walk all the way back, and it's a very, very nice sports ball with very big screen TVs. I think there's like a video poker section in that area, and it's decorated nice, and it's a very, very comfortable room. They just don't have a lot going on with the sports. The uh, cafe bar was really, really nice, and the women who worked in there were really, really nice as well. So uh, you can get the coffee as long as you had the drink package the whole time. You were good. Uh, it was awesome. So I was good for at least one a day, sometimes two. She knew my name, knew my drink, always made it. That was really, really good. Uh, the fun shops are very small. Don't understand why. You walk into a fun shop, usually you have some ground you can cover, shopping. It was almost like a fun newsstand. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't really uh, walk around that much unless I missed something. I just was looking around for that one big store where you can get your... Your, all your items for your cruise, like even if you forgot something like a razor or something like that. It's just very, very small little, tiny little shops that you could barely even walk around in. Um, I may have missed a bigger one, but I was looking and I didn't see it. Uh, they have a thing on the ship called Celestial Strings, and I think it's part of the uh, entertainment staff as well. And they'll do a big show in the main theater, and it'll be featured around them. I kind of wanted to see that, but it wasn't in the cards for our schedule. Uh but they also do a lot of uh, performances in the main atrium on deck four, kind of overlooking everything. 
and it's kind of cool. It's also kind of weird. Uh, they're very, very talented. They hit on a lot of the songs. They miss on a lot of the songs. Some of them, they're like trying to, what it is, is electric violins pretty much. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times it's it's very, very nice to listen to. And a lot of times also they try to pull off songs that they shouldn't. The harmony is off. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of hit or miss. But I did, I'm sure this show, their regular production show, was really, really good. Uh, I, I there was a lot of raves about it. I wish I did see it. I did not. Uh, the in room, the, the the rooms were nice, but the TV, I mean, they're the very very. The, this I don't remember on any cruise ship having this little of a selection for TV. And here's something: this is an issue. <laughs> it's really not an issue at all. But for a weirdo like me, it is an issue. There's no. I really really miss the coordinates channel where it kind of like showed a line to where you were. Or kind of gave you a, a clear indication of where the ship was. They don't have that. None of the cruise ships I was on, either of the three that I was just on, had that. Royal Caribbean had a broke-ass version of it. Um, you can kind of see a little bit of a dot, but it wasn't specific. I don't know if that's a legal thing or what. But uh, I, w- I was expecting the really... Horizon had uh, good cameras only off the ship. You could see on the ship. You couldn't see the Lido deck or anything like that. Uh, you got to after you got the forward view the bridge view the um aft view the starboard and the port view so you had four different angles but you could only look at the ocean really nothing to see inside and on the tv there was no sports uh there was three different versions of cnn that's the only news thing and it was mostly just kind of like carnival stuff and cruise stuff and this and that there was not enough to watch a lot to watch they had movie channels but the same movies over and over again. I must have seen the three or four episodes of Lost. Um, but honestly, the Carnival channels and stuff like that, they were kind of uh, informative. I got a lot out of watching them and checking out the, um, you know, some of the excursions you could do. And then they were showing those uh, Carnival-inspired TV shows that are on regular TV, like uh, uh, Vacation Creation and uh, some of the other ones like that that are really designed to promote carnival but to promote uh, cruising and excursions in general as well um another interesting thing is and you probably saw this coming when room room service started for initially getting hit with the service charge and then it was some items that they did charge for some items remained free uh now it's just across the board there's no such thing as free room service every item in room service has a fee attached to it ranging around like I don't know, four to five six seven dollars and uh you can't get anything for free from room service anymore uh you can get pizza the 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 pizza place on board pizza was pretty good it's not as good as the splendor it's not the splendor had really really thin crust crispy uh delicious pizza this was close what they were doing on this crust was putting this cornmeal on it that kind of like made it a little bit more how would you say maybe a little thicker and a little drier more dry but it was still really really good pizza this was number two this is the second best pizza i've ever had at sea i really really enjoyed it Uh, but they do the whole same thing where carnival does is you know they don't want you 
to uh they don't want to be banging out these pizzas so they let the line develop in the hopes that some people will just see the line and get discouraged and jump off uh, but they also do have the five dollar thing where you can order a pizza anywhere on the ship and have it delivered to you for five dollars at any time 24 hours a day so that's cool a cool feature but you know that's a charge so whatever you want to consider that um but again the pizza was good and it definitely is worth five dollars for a pie there um, uh, main dining room took forever. That was some notes I had. I, you know, that's the thing. When you're going and sitting down, it's become so much of a commitment. Like, it's it's a borderline two-hour process. If you don't rush them along and say, hey, listen, I have a show, or I have to do this, I have to do that. I mean, it's like 10, 12 minutes before you even get greeted. Thankfully, we were with a group of eight and sometimes nine, and that was cool. You know, because we sat down and we just ended up getting in little three or four different conversations in every direction. So we're forgetting that we're not even being greeted or being approached or we're waiting extra time for food or this and that. And it's these dining rooms and they're not busy. We didn't have to wait to get in. We didn't have to wait to get seated. We just were waiting for service for a long time. And, uh, it didn't affect us. We weren't feeling the heat or feeling like, oh, this is dragged out because we were enjoying each other's company. However, problem is that it just it just kind of monopolizes your night monopolizes your evening and you don't realize that till you get out and you get out from dinner at 10 30 realize you only got a half hour left of this an hour left of that everything's starting to shut down on an already sleepy ship it kind of made a big difference um the quest was really good i mentioned that before uh talked about uh mike pack doing the quest and the quest was probably the highlight of the cruise, it usually is, they say, as far as an onboard experience, but I do have to give it up. He did a great job with the quest, and that's something you should not miss if you ever find yourself on the horizon on a Mike Pack sailing. Uh, the comedy, I'll be honest with you, I went to the comedy the first night. I went to the comedy the first night and did not like it. Now, uh, shout out to Paul. Uh, he said the comedy was great on the second night. Uh, he said we really, really missed out. But then he didn't rave about it so much on the other nights. Paul was big time into the comedy. He wanted to make sure he saw most of the comedy shows. I don't know, man. I'm a stand-up comedy fan. But I like it when it's in the freaking... Uh, I like it down and dirty. Comedy club style. So if it was just kind of like that punchliner feel that it always had in the limelight, you know, I would have kind of been to the shows a little bit more. But we're in a big, giant theater. And we're on a fun ship, which is family-oriented. Now, granted, they warn you about this. It's a blue show. And there's a lot of dirty material. But I don't know. This guy was over the top. It was like, these guys, to me felt like they were a little bit more of those kind of career cruise ship comedians. They, uh, you got to remember, a cruise ship crowd is an easy crowd. Everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's on vacation. And these guys are pros. And when you analyze the jokes and break down the jokes, they're not that great. They're usually guys that know how to set the tone, know how to set a mood. They're also usually guys that are very theatrical and funny with voices and characters and, you know, accents and, you know, all that gimmicky stuff. And that's just what these guys are doing. This guy's does a, he did his act about fingering a dolphin. I mean, I, I don't know. It was a little, it was sort of funny just because you're just in a good mood, but it's also like kind of hacky. And over the top, gratuitously kind of uh, blue, you know? So 
I did not gravitate towards the comedy. Again, honestly, the main reason was because of that is because I just didn't want to have my time monopolized. I didn't. I don't want to. We don't necessarily when we cruise uh, sit in shows all the time. You know, you're already sitting at dinner for however long. I'd love much rather be in the piano bar or maybe on the Lido deck or kind of just having some drinks in the uh, you know Havana lounge or some of the other bars where you can kind of just have some laughs and inter- interact with each other rather than sit there and be held captive by these events that may or may not be worth your time. So I'm not saying they're not, but I'm just saying what we normally would rather do. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the crew, though. I want to say big shout-out to Seth, Amy, Chris, uh, Gina, obviously Stu, the captain uh, for, for, for these particular sailings. Uh, big shout-out to uh, Paul and Jen. And uh, we, uh, we had a little bit of a... Um, addition to the crew on this particular cruise as we always know that is uh you know there was no pockets you know what i mean we run around no pockets and uh, jen usually does a good job of you know seeking some pockets out you know for Stu. Stu, not that Stu needs any help but uh you know every little bit counts and she met this girl named Kristen. we were calling her kt and uh she joined in and she ended up being on the cruise with two friends who I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but it seemed a little fuzzy. They, they, we never met the friends. We met her on day two, but the friends never emerged. They seemed to have been in the casino the whole time. I guess that was the story. We didn't see them. We were never introduced to them. But either way, this girl was very, very pretty, very together, southern, uh, uh, southern belle, very uh, well-spoken actress, 22, 23 years old. A pocket in her own right. If 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 she was she you know pocket is multiple, but you know she's a very pretty girl. You know, I don't know if what what happened or where anything went. I don't think there was any um any lines that were crossed. She just became a friend to the group, and she was along the along for the ride for the rest of the cruise, and uh and that was pretty much it. And she was she was she was in on the whole thing. I wanted to give some other shout outs to some people that I met on board. Some really, really cool people. Um, Elaine and Tommy. We met them at I met them at a C Day brunch. We enjoyed ourselves. Uh, Melissa and Doug. Uh, shout out to you two. Great, great uh, couple couple of people who we uh, spent some time with as well. And then um, you know, they were at the the C Day brunch as well. Um, then we had uh, Marcy and Marcy. I feel like an asshole. I forgot the name of your husband, Marcy. If you're listening, if you if you're hearing this, um, please email me Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I feel like an asshole because this was a really really nice couple. Uh, they build houses and stuff like that, and you know they're selling and buying and making moves and seem like they're doing good in life and having a lot of fun. And it was a, it was a great great experience sitting there and talking to them at the aft section of the pool for a while. Uh, and then also Trevor, Trevor, if you're listening, good dude at the back end of the ship too. We hung out, you know. I like I said, no matter what anybody's doing, I try to be at the back of the ship as much as possible for the sundown and like finally for the end of the day right before dinner. And I met Trevor out there, and we were hanging out, having a good conversation. Trevor's from the Bahamas, a native Bohemian, and I heard some good stories out of him about, you know, what it's like living there and what he does and things like that. So that was that was really, really cool. All right, so recapping this whole thing, um, I talked a lot of shit about this cruise ship, and I want you guys all to take it with a grain of salt. If you had a family, 
and you were going on this cruise, I think you would have an absolute great time. They do a great job. The Dr. Seuss, the water slides, the kids are everywhere. I think it would be phenomenal. If you were a couple, there is plenty for you to do. And I think uh, you'd really, really enjoy yourself as a couple. I think there were some things that might affect you in the negative way, and I think that they have to work on that. Uh, but in general, I think couples, families alike, would have a, have a, have a good trip on this. If you are a little bit of a hellraiser and looking to get after it and looking for some pockets, um, I don't know, the Vista class, whether it's the Harmony, I'm sorry, the uh, Horizon or the Vista, it doesn't seem like Carnival has set it up for success for you. Now, I said to myself on the last day, I was like, you know, I think I got to take a break from Carnival for a while. I think, you know, not that I, I mean, I've been on a break from Carnival for a while, but I was like, I'm kind of done with this, man. I'm not really dealing with this anymore. They clearly are not catering to, uh, you know, liveliness after dark or even just anything, you know, single singles related, you know, and that's, again, that's me. That's my thing. So, it's not your thing. It's not your thing. But for me personally, that's where my head was at. I don't know, man. I got a feeling that I still want to try a dream class ship. I'm sorry, as the AC kicks on, it's a little hot. Uh, I want to try a dream class. I think the smaller ships, I think what it is in general, I don't. I like a big ship. I like a lot of options. I like the new bells and whistles. But I've had a lot of it, but I could tell you right now, as far as singles, fun. There was no comparison out of these three cruises that the sky was the one. I mean, that was awesome. The first one, me and Beatrix had a great time. We did a bunch of adventures and excursions and just experienced the wonder of the harmony of the seas. The second one was great because there was just a fun time and a little bit of a, you know, shenanigans we can get into on the Norwegian sky, which we did. And, you know, we'll go back and get into more shenanigans. And the last one I expected a little bit of both. I expected a little bit of adventure. I expected some good daytime fun with the crew that we sail on. And then I expected maybe some, you know what? All right, me and Stu are probably going to get after it after 10 o'clock and get a little loose and find some trouble or find some, you know, pockets here and there. There was absolutely none of that to be found. So you have to consider going into cruises a lot of times. It is um, it's interesting because your expectations kind of dictate the time you're going to have too. You know, maybe if I went into this cruise with the same, uh, I guess, expectations as I went into the cruise with Beatrix on the Harmony, maybe I'd be singing a different song. But I wasn't. I was expecting a little bit more action. I was expecting a little bit more fun. It is the fun ship. But... Clearly, I think it's it's been uh, a change. I think they've just changed over. And, you know, with the 15 drink limit and with, you know, the kids being able to go here and go there and, you know, with a bunch of other things, I think they just have gone the family route and kind of given it up to Norwegian and to some extent Royal Caribbean with the adult singles fun. And that's just the way it is. And that's just me giving my honest, honest review. Again, there were some things that I think were m- like sensitive that I was sensitive to that I didn't like, but then I also uh, included some of the stuff that I think they did not the greatest job at across the board that they could have done better that honestly quite may or may not have been noticeable if, you know, you were just on the cruise looking to have a good time with the person you were with or the people you were with. But yeah, it did get off to that rough start, and uh, it is what it is. So having said all that, I had a great eight days at sea. Good people, good times, unlimited drinks, exotic islands, good food, 
What the hell? At a great price. I got nothing to complain about. Don't think I do. We're here. We discuss. We, t- we, we talk and we analyze. Oh, by the way, big shout out to Cassie. This was amazing. Last night of the whole cruise, nothing's going on. Me and Stu were borderline depressed because of the lack of pocketry. Just kept saying over. Stu would just, uh, we'd walk around, look for something. We'd see nothing. We'd walk to another place, look for something. We'd see nothing. We'd go here. It would be closed. It's 1230 at night. It's dead over here. And Stu would just look at me. Yeah, dead ship. Dead ship. What are you going to do? Dead ship. Dead ship. And that was like the code word. Dead ship all the time. Oh, shoot. I forgot another story. I don't know how I forgot this one. So... Let's tell the other one first. Last night, it's about 1230. We're sitting at the Alchemy Bar. It's the end of it. I'm pretty much got one foot back in the room. It's over. Stu is the same way. Chris is still sitting there. Gina, we're hanging out, wrapping up this whole freaking cruise. It's about to come to an end. We're, you know, made, made good friends with the uh, bartenders there, so we're hanging out with them. Everything's a love fest. Goodbye. It was had a good time. See ya. Uh, even the gay guy that pinched Stu's nipple. Well, I didn't say that before. Pinched <laughs> He pinched Stu's nipple, was up there, and uh, hitting on Stu. Stu wasn't even mad about it. We were all just kind of like dealing with it. And it was fine. And right before I'm about to go, this uh, pretty red-haired girl just comes up next to me, and she's ordering a drink. And she just happened to stand there and be there and ordering a drink and kind of waiting on her drink. And, you know, it was almost awkward for us not to get into a conversation because we were just sitting right next to each other and we started talking about how we enjoyed the ship and this and that and she got into got into it and very nice girl outgoing girl named cassie shout out to cassie if she hears this and uh she started telling me she's a travel agent and you know she's worked for cruise lines and you know she's giving me information and i told her i'm just getting going as a travel agent she's like holy crap uh I could help you. I'm like, well, I could probably help you a little bit too because I got a show. I could shout out your travel agency and we exchanged numbers and we had a good little five-minute conversation. Seems like a really cool chick and uh, I think we're going to get her on the show. So I think that's going to be a good little thing. And honestly, that was a really, really cool way to end the whole thing. It was just basically um, that and then bed and then next day morning attacked by customs all the other stuff that we talked about before. But uh, shout out to Cassie. Shout out to all the people that we met, all the good people we met. By the way, yes, getting back into what I was going to say. So Cassie uh, gave me this information, but let's rewind. The night before, me and Stu did our usual kind of run into the nightclub to basically see nothing and kind of like people just kind of, I don't know. It was a mix of really weird mix of just young kids just looking to go crazy and chug champagne, old people just lurking, being creepy and just, you know, whatever. And and, and good music. The music was good and the layout was good, but you know, talked about the drink thing and everything. So, we were going there to try to uh uh just go just go in at the end of the night like we usually did, and we noticed that the lights were on and people were running out. So we're like, oh, what is that? What happened? Was that a fight or something? Did something? Somebody said, oh no, no somebody just spilled a drink. That's what the uh, pe- the uh, people who are like the, the security on the cruise ship really think they're bouncers standing outside this nightclub. It's pretty funny that they got the velvet ropes and like they got some clipboard and they're holding you uh, you know hostage if you're not VIP. It's it's actually pretty funny, but they're like, uh, no, 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 this it's just uh, somebody spilled a drink. So we walk in, the lights go back out, the music turns back up. We don't even know what the hell happened. We just know there was an incident, probably that was whatever, half hour prior to us getting in there. Now the incident's over, everybody's fine. Um, <laughs> Cassie explains to me what happened. 
Apparently, somebody was so drunk slash sick, they were on the dance floor, and all at once, it was a young lady, and she began throwing up and crapping her pants all at the same time. So there's throw up and crap on the middle of the dance floor. (laughs) So I was like, all right. You know what? Um, I, if we would have known that would have happened, we would have just turned right back around and left. Hence, why they basically lied to us and say a drink got spilled. Um, you know, I'm sure most people wouldn't want to go in there if they just knew that knew that that just happened. But uh, you know, we apparently missed that whole thing. But uh, Cassie had the inside information on that, and she uh, let me know. So. I guess that's a great way to <laughs> end the show, right? Uh, that's about it. But a uh, big shout out to, like I said, everybody that we met. Hopefully, uh, we'll have Cassie on the show soon. We'll talk some cruising, talk some travel in general, have some fun. And uh, that's about it. As usual, guys, Instagram, always be booked. Uh, iTunes, always be booked. Search, rate, review, share with a friend. Join the group, guys. Join the group on Facebook, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. And uh, please, if you are able or have the inclination, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked and uh, join the fun in that. It's a five dollar contribution to the show. You get an extra show a week and we are 14 away, 14 Patreon contributions away from from announcing the group cruise. So Patreon people, I'm asking you, some people drop off. Some people have dropped off. Again, this is basically day one. This is Monday after the cruise. I told you I came down here to go all out would always be booked. And that's what I'm doing. And that starts today. If 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 you got a couple of months in and you really don't think the Patreon's worth it and you're really only doing it just because of the extra show and content and stuff like that, feel free to drop it. But if you don't mind, just hang in there. I want to see if we could build up to 50 and I want to see if you know we can make this group cruise happen and also you're going to get consistent content from now on going forward. That's about it, Cones. I appreciate you guys listening. We did the things. The whole three-day Cruiserpalooza is over. We will be back in March with, hopefully, Chris. Hopefully, Stu will be back in the game. Hopefully, Nicole. Uh, You know, the Hellraisers. And we're going to have some good times ahead. We're going to have some great stories ahead. I can't believe I almost forgot that shit and throwing up story at the end. But, uh, yeah, hopefully that brightened the day a little bit. Um, Boat Drinks Cones, we'll talk to you soon. There's a place where the boat leaves from and takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away 
I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down Down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round Sunshine ten ladies and pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from So get away to where the boat leads from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the. So get away to where the boat leads from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leads from.